Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to the Afternoon Podcast about eight seasons in a row. I am Lisa Fernandes and I am William Burroughs. Wait, no, Christopher Dry Wardner. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and we're about to review The Pact, which is an episode from season three. Yeah, another episode directed by Alan Rafkin and written by Yvette and Mike Weinberger, which is the only episode they wrote for the entire series. And I believe Chris must have some information about at least one of these people. Uh, yes, at least one of these people is correct, because uh, Yvette supported Michael on two episodes that he worked on and also was involved in an episode of Teenage Werewolf, which um, <laughs> that was a show, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but uh, m- primarily, Michael was the writer uh, working on an episode of the Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice series, which I had no idea existed. <laughs> and then, How'd they get that past the censors? Seriously. And then went on to write a ton of episodes of various shows. He did five episodes for Happy Days. He did Welcome Back, Cotter, a handful of Three's Company, and so on. So kind of a very much a sitcom kind of writer for a very sitcom kind of episode. Yes. And this is what that sitcom the episode is about. When Shirley breaks up an incipient fight between a man and Lenny and Squiggy over his very pretty blonde date, she finds herself invited out by Bart Andrews after he finishes his purely physical date with Perkins. In spite of this awkward beginning, things seem to be going very well for Shirley and Bart. But then he comes out of Laverne at the Pizza Bowl. Laverne is caught between confessing all to her BFF or letting Shirley live in blissful ignorance. Will the girl's friendship survive? What did you think of this episode? I have complicated feelings about this. There's some very good content, but... um... Okay, so this is going to be one that we're going to mark as explicit because I have got to say what I got to say. Fuck Bart (laughs) and the horse he rode in on. Because fuck two timing pieces of shit like that. I mean, even even his hat makes him look like a womanizing prick. Even the hat. (laughs) Oh, it's just true. The thing about him is that he is so slimy. He literally invites Shirley to go with him after he finishes with Crooked. Yeah. It's so disgusting. And she just takes that. She's willing to go and not with him, and I don't know why. Her self-esteem is so much higher than Laverne's. There's, like, no reason why she would do that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, ugh. And it, yeah. So, I mean, that being said, it's... So this is why I have the mixed feelings, though, is because the friendship being restored at the end, and especially the yeah. lengths to which, even though the fight is, it's, it's, it's the typical roommate best friend argument. It's the little things that you, you know, it's because you hate the th- the little things that somebody does, no matter how close you are. You, there's always going to be something that irritates you. It's the way they talk. It's the way they do with their teacup, the Pepsi in the milk, whatever. And you know if you lost that person tragically, that would be the first thing, the thing you miss the most about them. Because it's it's somehow like would it becomes a part of your life. It's it's like the pebble in your shoe. At some point, you're gonna miss that weird feeling, that novel feeling of the pebble being there. It's better when it you know, it's bad actually that's a bad analogy, but I'm tired and I got I have a cold, whatever. Fuck it. No, 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 that made sense. But yeah, you, you know what I mean. Because all the irritating things about the person are the first things you're going to think of when they're gone. Exactly. That's excellent sense. And, and, that's, and I, I love Laverne really trying her best. That's the thing. I guess the thing I yeah. love is seeing Laverne fight for the friendship was yeah. really powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she 
just wants Shirley to be happy. She doesn't know what will make her happiest, which is why she has that lovely, incredible talk with Edna. Mm-hmm. The yeah, talk with talk, Edna talk. is so good. Yeah, so good. It's so good. It's one of the best parts of the entire episode. Yep. Speaking of Edna, I loved her top. That color looked amazing on her in this episode. Yeah. That blue. Yes. God, it was perfect. Yes. Um, I've, I haven't done it all, but I ain't done yet. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. That's great. Zing. She is the best. She is the best. Uh, and I love, I love Edna accusing Frank of the, it's like, uh, who's, who's your, who is Frank cheating on me with? And I love that <laughs> she's accusing Frank of screwing Lucille because of course, yeah. And she yeah, loves, yeah. it's very clear, she loves Frank. It's, I love yes. that, that, that revelation for the audience. Um, that's, that's great. Even though it's, yeah, it's a misunderstanding. Thankfully, it's a misunderstanding. Um, you know, and, and, and I love yeah. that it's a great bonding moment with Laverne and her. You know, my pomp's good, got good taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just builds on something wonderful that continues throughout the series. It's beautiful. I just love her reaction. Frank's going out with Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> the way Betty Garrett delivers that line is so masterful and so funny, and she is so good. Mm-hmm. So good in that scene. I mean, we're three episodes into season three, and I can already tell that she has gone from being very, very good as Edna to being amazing as Edna. Every yes. piece with Edna so far in the season, and the ones I know, we have a few of them that are coming up that are just mind blow phenomenal she's so good yeah 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 she's nailed the character she figured out who she is and uh, has decided has kind of not decided she has completely taken this character on and made her own. exactly yeah and it's beautiful can't fold a sheet though no <laughs> that, that's everybody's the, got flaws everybody's got flaws everybody's yeah. got flaws yeah nobody's perfect what do you say <laughs> so what what is so I'm curious when you saw this episode when you were young, how you reacted to this, if you remember, you know, because it's it's a, you know, it's it's part of it's also you saw it at such a young age that, um, you know, did the memory stick of, you know, the the conflict of the episode. The thing I remember the most about this episode from where you was the whole thing about the Nancy Drew spoon. <laughs> this is my Nancy Drew spoon. We're threatening to take it to Squiggy and have him look at it and shove it in his hair. That's the thing I remember most about this episode. Of oh, everything else that happens. It's a, it's in a it. great moment. Yep. Yeah. I'll lick it, lick, lick, lick it. <laughs> God. Oh, no. God. Squiggy takes a beating in this episode, come to think of it. All things considered, yeah, he is looked at as, <laughs> as totally just, you know. It's it's both yeah. a, a metaphorical beating and a, and and to an extent a literal one, I guess. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Laverne blames him for getting his hair grease all over her nice new bowling jersey. Mm-hmm. She excitedly explains, "You get did Squeaky get drafted? Squeaky get drafted?" When uh, Shoy tells her that she has wonderful news, right? And then she threatens to go take the spoon upstairs and have a look at. And then on top of all of this, you know, he almost gets his butt beaten by Bart. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, speaking of that, that encounter with uh, with Bart, um, did, did I wasn't alone in thinking cricket, cricket, Rabowski. You mean like Bunny Lebowski? At a sudden, ah. and especially at a bowling alley, like it just—I don't know. Maybe the Coens work in weird ways that this episode was in syndication, and just like they just wrote down some ideas and like. 
you know, like yeah. a list form possibly. and somehow it came about, but possibly. Yeah. But I do. Possible. I do love that line though. Lenny, I think it's Lenny that says it yeah. right. The, uh, it's cricket, huh? Yeah. Do those legs make music when you rub them together? Yeah. <laughs> that after he completely falls off of the desk and, it's awkwardly smooth though i mean he slides in yeah. and, and it's like hey how's it going how's it going i meant to do that how you doing <laughs> it's always unusual to see the boys lust after someone else in front of the girls it's mainly they lust after the girls yeah i mean let's it's let's really yeah i was just gonna say i mean let's no. be real here there is an episode coming up a little later that it's very clear that they have had more than a few nightly thoughts about those those two yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah. oh it gets even more clear as time goes on <laughs> very much. and then apparently i love i love the line just to make those gurgly sounds the squiggy oh Looks god out. yeah we talk about what he dreamed about this girl like what the heck is going on in that apartment at night they sleep in the tub. That's her field at one point. They sleep in the in the bathroom with the nightlight on. I'm just oh trying God. to imagine oh what's my happening. Why I mean, my thought with the gurgly sounds is like, okay, I mean, hey, it's, I already said this is going to be an explicit episode, but I mean, hey, at least we know he goes down now, you know? Oh! Yeah. Well, you, there's further you, evidence of that, but never mind. We won't go there. <laughs> we'll also cut that anyway okay. <laughs> anyway oh there's evidence of that <laughs> oh goodness oh. but yeah ah, the funny thing about all of that is that you know, the girls don't exist to them they never actually make commentary on Bart being a jerk here this kind of pop in mm. and then they're gone which is really interesting. Yeah. That's them being the classic Amy Nitrate twins that David mentioned. Mm-hmm. You pop them, you laugh, they're gone. And, mm-hmm. yeah, that's about as useful as they are in this episode, sadly. Right. It could have been so much more. Yeah. They could have been put to better use. They could have been yeah. put to better use. Yeah. At the very least, the the trade off is it feels like they the girls get their time to shine together. I guess in that in that yes. case, they really get to focus on it. Yes. Um, speaking of, so back to the girls. You know, there's the whole. Uh, yes. You know, I can read that in your. You know, the Bart's whole charm, his whole pickup artist spiel. Um, you know, it's like I like you. You got spunk, which, by the way, I told you as I told you, it's not dead. Spunk is not dead. Anyway. <laughs> um. But like that, you know, I just I can read that in your pretty little face. It's like, oh, boy, it's like that's smooth in the context. But I want to murder you now, Bart. Yeah, He's disgusting. He's disturbing. He's disgusting. And um, and it's and it's amazing how it's like he has this 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 sort of this spiel down. And I I love that Laverne, you know, having already heard the 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 gossip from uh, Cheryl, which I, I love that this is becoming a little clearer at this point is um. What's the name? Cheryl likes to be the pretty virgin princess, but, yeah. but man, she loves a good gossip. She loves a good snoop. Yeah. She loves the, yeah, the dirty details. Um, yeah. even look before she look before you leap. It's like, you could tell like, it, like if that conversation had gone saucy enough, she would have eaten up every detail, which, you know, yep. and yep. so she, yep. of course she dishes out, um, over, you know, pizza cutting and, yeah. 
Wow, the horny pizza cutting, which is fabulous. Yes. <laughs> Those are great little character moments. Mm-hmm, because I love that like, she's just like making like weird like loop-de-loo shapes. Like I would love to actually have yeah. a piece of that pizza like after it's been yeah. it's been cut like that. Yep, yeah, yeah. That would be interesting. It's like, eh, eh, eh. They both get caught up in each other's romantic peccadillos. Yeah. They both really do. Yeah. It's kind of great. And it's... um. And yeah, it's like, you know, I love Laverne's recognition of, of that, re- you know, of the realization of like, oh, this is what it is, you know, and, um, yeah. you know, and, and it's and it's sad because, you know, because God, Penny is she's too damn cute in this episode. Just the way she yeah. looks, she looks at him and the, and the way that, and as you were mentioning, you know, the horny pizza kind, that look of like yeah. blissful dreaming is, is delightful. Yeah. And then it all yeah, comes crashing down. Her major expression of longing. Yes, yes. Who else in the room in the pizza bowl watching Laverne's realization of this is watching the situation happen and how aware are they of Bart's bullshit? And furthermore, did they come to the pizza bowl to see this happen? There has to be some kind of whisper campaign around in that neighborhood. Go here... The owner's daughter has a crazy life. And you will be highly entertained when you eat your pizza. <laughs> because a lot of dramatic stuff happens at the pizza bowl right in public while there are other customers sitting at other tables all around them mm-hmm. as the series goes on. So word has to have gotten around at some point, like rubbernecking, just looking at the ridiculousness of all four of them. Oh. Oh. I loved Frank's line in this episode. Mm-hmm. A guy waiting for his pizza during an incredibly busy time at the pizza, girl, pizza bowl goes, I'm here at half an hour. I'm here half an hour. And he goes, I'm here longer. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm here longer. The way Full Foster delivers the line, I'm here longer. This is hilarious to me for some reason. Why, I don't know. But it was funny to me. No, it's a lot of it's the delivery, it's the facial expression, the way yeah. he like, you know, he he moves his eyebrows and that yeah. character too, as well, like that little bit player, you know, because he, he gets a couple lines. Yeah. Uh, cause yeah. he also gets that, uh, you gonna clean this mess up? It's like, I got a bigger mess, buddy. Yeah. His whole physicality actually like kind of has like that presence on screen, you know, Not, yes. which is pretty yes. good for a uh, good for a walk on. Yeah. Yeah. He was very interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. He kind of drew my eye when I watched this. I was like, oh, yeah, he's the background guy. He has the pure gun. Mm. He was really funny in that one tiny little bit he gets. There's a lot of good dialogue in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hang out in a phone booth, not just with anybody. Okay, with anybody. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some great zinger dialogue bits in this. And just even just yeah. little touches. Like, I love the milk and Pepsi on the uh, on the laundry line. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cute. You know what I see on your palm? A very lonely weekend, which is a perfect kiss-off. Mm. We are talking about Laverne-based kiss-offs last episode. Boom. Boom. Mm-hmm. Right in the gut. Perfect. Mm-hmm. While we're talking about that, the way Penny acts out her utter horror after Shirley rips that L off of Laverne's blouse, oh my God, crumples it up, and goes to flush it down the toilet. It's like her heart is being ripped out of her chest. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Uh, it's such a nice little acting moment. I really love that little bit. 
Yeah, my my really my one bullet point note is oh boy, the fight. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fight goes on and on and on. For some reason Carmine pops in. Carmine really does not need to be in that scene. Though mm. as they each demonstrate how they flirt with guys on him. That's pretty mm-hmm. funny. It's pretty funny. I, I hate to say it, I I still have my, you know, my feelings towards Carmine, but his his delivery here is great. And, yeah, and, yeah. Eddie uh, Mecca nails it. Eddie Mecca nails it. I also have a right very, I have a not safe for work note here as well, but I will probably, yeah. I, I'm pushing it. I should probably hold back. Um, but I, I love his, <laughs> I love Carmine's. Well, I always slice it. I will, uh, <laughs> I'll let, I'll let you know the, the, the note later, but I love his exit. Yeah, later. <laughs> his exit of, uh, you, you yeah. girls, you probably want to be alone so you can hurt each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just wants not to be in the middle of the two of them at that point because he knows how dangerous they can be. Exactly. I almost wonder if that's the reason why I like really liked him in this episode being in that scene. I completely agree. It's like, he's, is he necessary? No. Does it add something? Yes. Because I loved seeing him so uncomfortable and the humorous way he reacts to it. Like yeah. if, if Carmine yeah. could have been used that way more through the series, I would have been, or at least through the first couple of seasons, I would have probably appreciated him more, better. I would have been able yeah. to forgive some of his BS because it's like, okay, if he's being used essentially as a prompt whenever, you know, Laverne and Shirley have a fight, then I can kind of understand why he would want to move on, you know. But yeah. but it's like there was never a justification, in my opinion, other than, oh, well, you know, uh, Shirley's frigid, quote unquote, which yeah, no. which is not ever an excuse to do what he did, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, no. um, you have a yeah. mature discussion about needs and goals of the relationship and then you figure out is this something you want to continue with and then you you know figure out where to go from there but yeah, yeah. so anyway but that's it yeah Carmine was was at least good I liked him in it at least in that regard but yeah, yeah. yeah. Eddie Mecca like I said absolutely nails it he slays this little bit it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun mm-hmm. in this particular episode the um yeah and, and in terms of you know speaking actually of Shirley and like the whole like because this is the interesting thing about Shirley is that she is the dreamer and, you know, yes. and that's the, the elements of how, you know, the, the, the phony, you know, phony innocent act, et cetera, sort of thing is, is she tries to project yeah. this image because that's what she wants to be real. Like, um, I love when she comes in, you know, with Laverne's got all the laundry in on the, in the apartment, she kind of starts sorting the clothes and, and I love how she's chucking, you know, Laverne's clothes at her, which is so her. Yeah. And then she wants to, it's like, is that my po- little pookie bear on the phone? And my, my, uh, my note here is no, Cheryl, you don't give pet names within 36 hours of the first date. You give it a couple yeah. weeks and, um, give it a month at the very least. Yeah. You know, um, Jeez. yeah, you know, you're right. Actually, we, if you're dating somebody month is probably better because then, you know, yeah. for sure. But yeah. Anyway, um, and my yeah, my honey, sure, honey, no, not the weekend, not the cabin. He's gonna be too tummy the whole time. And then this note about the fantasy of it, this like she's thinking, oh, this is a romantic getaway, and it's gonna be this, it's gonna be that. And I I noticed for the second time I watched this in horror, you know, not this time, Boo Boo Kitty. And I was like, uh oh, there's stuff and things that are going to occur if she goes on this trip because she's yep. she is so swept off her feet she's being optimistic she's she and that's the catch is a pickup artist piece of crap like this will yeah. sell the fantasy long enough to get what they want and then chuck you know yep yep and, oh, and, god anyway just like 
Yeah, Bart is Satan personified in this episode, and he is gross. Yep. I literally have one note about him right here. It just involves me calling him a two-timing Dick Sneeze jerk. And that's all he is. Accurate. Accurate. Very accurate. That's, yeah, he's disgusting. He's, ugh. By the way, did you notice the way his pipe and handkerchief is in his pocket? It makes it look like he has a little tiny roll of toilet paper attached to his lapel. (laughs) No, I did not. I did not notice that. I wish I had. Oh, it's fabulous. It just did the visual of it. The last time I watched it just gave me that thought. It's amazing. I mean, he God, he looks like he's God. He looks like a criminal. Um, But uh, anyway, so actually about Bart, um, should I go ahead and finally tell the interesting story about the actor who plays him? Yes. Go okay. for it. So Barb was played by an actor named Dale Robinette. Um, he was predominantly a TV bit player. He did a lot of like crime shows like Kojak and Police Story and even had a bit in the TV movie The Beasts Are on the Streets, which I bring this up because it is unfortunately not the U.S. ripoff of the Italian film Wild Beasts, though that may be for the best if you're aware of what The Wild Beasts is about. Um, he also was in the movie Gorp, which I'm amazed isn't more well-known from that title and also has a... So he was in a, in a movie that had young Dennis Quaid and a slightly sexier-than-usual oh. Fran Drescher. Um, oh. But his biggest credit was a teensy-tiny part in The Jazz Singer. So the... Oh. So, okay, so this is him as an actor, but this is the interesting thing. His last role as an actor is a bit player... Uh, he's like a, like a, like a, a title, you know, basically, in, a, yeah. as, as, in Death Wish 4, the, t- the crackdown. He quits acting, and he becomes a set photographer. And he ends up becoming a set photographer on a plethora of directive video and cable B movies, including some. And and Ms., you know Lisa is gonna you know be very excited about some of these names: um, Wishmaster, Return huh. of Living Dead Three, huh. The Dentist by Brian Usna, which is now our second Brian Usna name drop in the podcast, and cast a oh. dead and cast a deadly spell. Which, if you're no not, way. so yeah, so he became this, and I, I believe he's like been working even recently as a, as a still photographer for these things. But anyway, uh, he does also cool. return. He would, he will return later as a different character in another Laverne and Shirley episode. But huh. anyway, that is fascinating. I had no idea he did any of that. That's so cool. Yeah, I, it's. So I guess neat. that's what happens when you play at a very unlikable characters. Nobody looks you up on IMDb until they have yeah. to do a podcast. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Sorry, Dale. Cheers him being awesome and other things. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I like Shirley's spirit and her spunk here. Yeah. Because she definitely has a tendency or has had a tendency to be written in a way that's softer and more demure and more gentle and quiet and self-facing. And here she definitely is not. She's badass. She's going to get this guy. She's not going to let Laverne steamroll her. Well, it turns out her best friend is right. Yeah, eventually she apologizes, but mm-hmm. in this particular moment, she is not about to be walked all over. Yeah. And that is cool. That was great. No, that was cool. Exactly, cool yeah. Character. Yep. And I, I, oh, poor yeah. Frank in the middle of all of it. Franklin. Oh, yeah. Franklin. <laughs> uh, I love Frank's utter confusion. When Laverne tells him everything's fine now. <laughs> You're just like your mother. I didn't understand her. I don't understand you. 
Yep. <laughs> yes, I don't know nothing anymore. Nothing anymore. That's going on. Uh, yeah. That's just life with your daughter, Frank. That's, that's just life. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, but yeah. The best thing about this episode is how paramount the friendship between these two girls remains throughout the runtime of it. That's a good point. They, yeah. That it's, is it's what. It, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. It's um, okay. it's a difficult situation. It's an uncomfortable situation. Yes. But their friendship is there to guide them through it. Yeah. Yeah. The most important thing to both of these girls is that they have one another. Mm. And in the end, no man can ever compare that. Mm-hmm. When the show tries to tell us it can, we don't believe it. <laughs> real. To be real, we don't believe it. Uh, though. Like, sometimes they will have really strong relationships, and we believe that they will last because the other girl approves wholeheartedly or thoroughly or with gusto that is seemly enough to get the audience on them. But, yeah, it's all about this friendship and how nothing at all is ever going to separate the two of them. So that's what this episode sets in stone. It chisels it right in the rock. Yeah. And I, I have a little little heart a little heart emoji next to my note for the pact that they make together. Yeah. Yeah. I literally have the pact all on my notes. <laughs> nice. Like the the you actually wrote down all of it? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 This is a darn good little episode that isn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. It's one of those like mid-level ones where its strength is in knowing who these characters are and without a doubt saying that this is who they are and this is what's important to them. Mm-hmm. That's the strength of this episode. So. Agreed. Yeah. Cool. I think we're at grading talent. Yeah. Um... I mean, now that we've just, okay, great. I wrote down, I had a feeling writing down my ranking before recording was going to be a bit of a, an issue. And it's, it is now because I'm wondering like, maybe did I rank it too low? I don't know. Um, cause it has a lot of really strong stuff, but God, Dale, sorry, not Dale. Sorry. Dale, Dale's, Dale's the actor. He's fine. <laughs> Poor Dale. Um, Poor Dale. Bart, Bart, Bart sucks. Yeah. And yeah. it takes everything down for me. Um, yeah. it's really strong. So I, I, it's like, I'm not huge on it, but I don't dislike it. So as yeah. 6.5 out of me, I think it's around a five for me, honestly. Uh, the beginning is disjointed. Mm. The spooky mm. stuff really needed to tie more strongly into the plot. Uh, the best part of the entire episode is that long argument, which is darn perfect and a wonderful showcase of the love for one another. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that is what keeps it from crashing completely. So interesting. So six point five for me and a five for you. Now, I, now, now yeah. I feel like I, I, I overshot. Um, yeah. The other thing that kind of boosted this one. Also, Bart is insufferably so insufferable. I, I'm also grading it high. Actually, you know, actually, I think I'm gonna kick it up a couple of notches to a six just for that end of the burn scene. 
You know, good. Yeah, good point. So, like, yeah. if you could chop out the argument in the end of the Laverne scene, I would like this episode a whole lot more. But the trouble is, we got the front half. We got to deal with Bart. Bart's not even charming. I mean, at least even the evil poetry spewing cowboy from Dog Day Blind Dates was more charming than this too. Even Fred Willard's bank robber is much more interesting than this dude. You Bruce Campbell in Crime Wave. Bruce Campbell in Crime <laughs> Wave was more charming. But yeah. The other thing also, before I forget to mention on the ranking, is Rafkin at this point, you're able to start seeing is be a little bolder with his directorial touches. There's yes. more there's more coverage, close-ups, cutaways. They shot this one. Like it it feels more put together than some of the prior episodes. Yeah, yeah. It's neatly done. He's very, very good at cutting his footage. Which is mm-hmm. what I've noticed between the first half of the season where we've ended up so far. We're already, we've already watched almost the entire season. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You watch him change and develop as a director mm-hmm. as the season goes on. Yeah. He, like, I, like we said earlier, he did end up leaving this show to go direct one day at a time. And ended up winning an Emmy for that. So this is kind of like a proving ground for him. And you can tell. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's figuring himself out and et cetera. But it, like even just that first two shot of Lenny and Squiggy in the bowling alley, like it's angled. Yeah. It's actually like him yeah. like being able like you can imagine yeah. him and the director of photography deciding, okay, let's move the camera over here. Let's get a nice angle. And yeah. it's like the framing of that photo of that, that that shot is like that's nice. It looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Let us photograph the bow-legged woman. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Anywho. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that does yeah. that uh, does that cover up everything for today? I do believe it does. Awesome. I do believe it does. Excellent. Uh, All right. Well, thank you, everybody, once more for joining us for Night After Nine. And if you would like to know more, please find us on Twitter at Night After Night PC or Night After Night Pod on Facebook, WordPress, Tumblr, and Patreon. And uh, if you would also like uh, more nerdiness, I guess just, you know, you can just find, you can find, you can find us. We're, we're around. Um, and uh, anywho, uh, I guess that's going to be it for now. And Lisa, what do we, what do we have next? I, I, I feel like there's some future vision of something robotic in our future. Is it like, people? What? Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's just, go is, is it people doing the robot or am I just, I might just be losing my mind. Loud clanking toys is probably what you're hearing. When Laverne and Shirley go to a toy store to pick out a present for Shirley's twin nieces, Laverne ends up being attacked by a robot. The robot injures her, and she strongly considers suing the toy store. That's Robot Lawsuits. Next episode. Wow. Roma, the day the robots can get a lawyer, that's truly we're screwed. <laughs> All right. Well, join us next time, folks. We'll see you there. Bye now. Thank you.